So good evening, good morning, uh, just hello to whenever and wherever you might be watching this today. We just want to welcome you to the Olive Branch and, and say thank you for showing up. Thank you for being a part of what it is we're doing here at the church. We appreciate it. We know it's different. We know it's weird, but we, we do appreciate you being here and being a part of what we're doing. I do want to ask God before we start to soften our hearts as we prepare to talk about peace. We're transitioning a little bit. And I just want to pray for this upcoming season as we reflect on peace. So join with me. Jesus, I pray for your peace to invade our hearts today, for eyes and, and hearts and minds to be open to you. So open, <laughs> open us up to you. We're expecting for you to work. We believe your word is sharp and active and dynamic and works in our lives and changes us and molds us. And we want you to do that here tonight or this morning or wherever. So thank you, God, for softening our hearts. Mold us, create in us what you want. So we just pray all these things in your name. Amen. So if you're new to what it is we're doing here at the Olive Branch, we've been talking about this little book, this book written by the Apostle Paul called Philippians, and that's what we've been talking about here, and it's actually quite relevant for us. We, we basically, we believe the Bible is relevant for us even today, and Paul wrote this little book just years ago, and that's where we've been tracking. He does talk a ton about joy. This is for those who might not have been up to date with what we're doing. He talks a ton about joy and having joy in the midst of trials. That's relevant. Paul talks a ton about joy in the midst of our trials, in the midst of chaos. I don't know about you, but it feels chaotic at times. The world can feel shaky and rocky. And so Paul is saying, it's where you have your eyes fixed. That's where you get your joy from. If you're focused on Jesus in the midst of a trial, you'll get joy still. And he was able to basically prove that to us because he was in jail. And he said, I'm content in all circumstances. I've learned to become content in everything. And I'm I'm somehow incredibly joyful as I write this letter to people and telling them about Christ and the good news and the freedom. That's what we've been tracking with. We've also been looking at grace, things like grace. Paul was once Saul and murdered all these people and he realized that in Jesus he had freedom and newness of life. And he's telling other people about that. I mean, that's what Paul is talking. We've all messed up, right? We've all screwed up before. All of us have made mistakes. That's reality. So Paul, when he's talking about this idea of I've traded everything else in my life, I've traded everything in my life to, to, to know Jesus. And I've done all this messed up bad stuff. We all can relate to that. And Paul's saying, you can find this incredible joy, this incredible freedom in Jesus' grace. It's not fair, but it's grace and it's available. And that's what Paul talks about. There's a chance at getting Jesus' perfection on the cross to you, to anybody who wants to say yes to it. And Paul, being a murderer, understood how real that was. I mean, that's crazy talk, but that's what we've been talking about here at the church. And our job here, if you're kind of wondering about what Christianity is all about, we, we, we need to continuously add Jesus' perfection to our life and say, yes, this newness, this thing that you've given me, Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep saying yes to it every single day and say no to the old way of life. And Paul had to deal with that. 
we've all had to deal with the lowest parts of ourselves. And Paul reminds us every single day, accepting Jesus' perfection, saying no to the old thing that I used to do, and saying yes to the new thing. That's one of the things that we think is amazing about Christianity, is Jesus allows us to do that. And Paul, I mean, he just walked it out for us to see. In jail, accepting Jesus' perfection every day. I've murdered these people and that's really bad. <laughs> I could have died for that. God could have finished me right there for that. And he didn't. He gave me another chance. And that's what we've been talking about, grace. And it's fantastic. We're doing all this. We do church online. I mean, Ken's talks about this all the time because we want to reach people who are far off. You might feel far off from God. We want to reach you. We want to reach people who feel far off from God. That's one of the core things. We want to also be good news when we show up. Ken harps on this all the time, and it's incredible for us to remember. We want to be good news where we go. We want to be good news, transformed so much by Jesus that wherever it is we show up, it's good that we're there. We want it to be a good thing when we show up. You know, some people say your reputation walks in the room 15 minutes before you get there. And hopefully, when you walk in the room 15 minutes before you have, a good transformed thing is coming in the door. That's Jesus' transformation on our hearts. And we really believe that that's, that's what we got to do. That's our mission. So Ken, he, he, he talks to us, I might talk to you, and you and the body, we go out and do it. And I do it too. But that's sort of what it is we do. See, the world is a place where people are lacking anything to follow. People are looking for something to follow. They're looking for something to say, yeah, this is worthy of giving my life for. People don't have purpose today. They're doing meaningless things. They're saying, what's going on? Am I a floating piece of dust? Jesus says, no, you're not. You have meaning. I've created you in my image. And you have a purpose to tell other people about what it is that I have. That's where we've been. That's what we've been doing these last couple of weeks. It's been awesome to go through this little book, Philippians. It's a powerhouse, and it's so different than all of Paul's other stuff, and it's fantastic. So if you're new, that's what we've been doing. Where we're going. We have talked a little bit about fear and, and peace, and we're going to really dive into peace, this word peace, as we go forward. We're shifting gears just a little bit. We're looking at Jesus Christ in the manger. It's Christmas time, kind of. It's coming up. I hope you're ready for it. So that's where we're transitioning. We're thinking of little baby Jesus in a manger and what happened there. What's so interesting about Jesus is he didn't come like he was supposed to come. People thought he was supposed to come as a crazy warrior, a political leader, someone that would change the world through maybe victory and violence. And Jesus comes as a baby? As a little baby, that's how he comes. And he changes the world through giving of himself. He makes way for peace in our lives through himself. And the reality is, we all need more peace. There are moments, areas in our lives where we realize that we need way more peace. You can't overdose on peace. We need more of it. The world needs tons of it. Politicians, at least the good ones, want peace. You and I should want peace. We want moments of clarity and not chaos and order. That's what the world's lacking, like today. So when Ken is talking these next couple weeks and when I'm talking here today, we're talking about what Jesus came to do, which was create peace for all people. 
And peace that's different than like getting a check at the end of the month. Peace that's forever in your heart, lifelong, eternal peace. That's what we're talking about. Everybody needs it. Every single person needs it. Again, the secular business world, they sure want it. I mean, deep down they want it. They might not tell you they want it, but deep down they want the business to run smooth, people to do well, and things like that. Politicians, again, I don't think they like what's happening in the world. Some of them, maybe, there's a few that like to stir the pot a little bit. But peace is what we're longing for. One of the things we've been talking about here a ton is peace with God, peace with others, and peace with ourselves is ultimate happiness. And that's what we're transitioning into. So that's where we're going. We're talking about peace because it's found in Jesus and everybody needs it like a lot. <laughs> that's just reality. We need it a ton. So this is our series. In preparation of thinking about peace and specifically about peace in its relation to the manger and Jesus and the Christmas story, I realized something. God's intention from the beginning we're setting the stage here. From the beginning of the universe, God's intention was to create peace with the world, with himself and people he wanted to create peace with. He wants to create this with us. So as we look at God's plan and how it unfolds and is fully realized in Jesus, here's the question. Are you going to miss it? Are you going to miss peace this year? Or are you going to grab onto it? See, here's the reality. This year, Christmas comes around again. It's another opportunity at peace for the entire world. This Christmas, people here at TOB, people all over the world have a chance to think maybe about baby Jesus and the peace again. Are you going to miss it? Are you going to miss peace this year? Are you going to grab onto it? That's the question. The entire story, this entire narrative is God, these, these Jewish people, the Israelites, they had a chance at peace and oftentimes they miss it. Oftentimes the people that he is working with miss it. And God gives them chances. He continuously gives them chances. He gives them opportunities at peace. Sometimes they don't accept the peace that's right in front of them and they let it go past them. That's what these Israelites were up to. Sometimes they're saying, man, I, I just don't really want it because it's not that good and we're going to get into that. This is true today of us, the story of Jesus. So that's what we're looking at in preparation. Coming up to this manger scene, what was God's character and intent with humanity? It's to create peace with them. The Israelites we're going to look at, they completely forget it sometimes. The transformation, we're going to look at the transformation that comes from those who accept it. And how you and I can see that this plan is fully realized in the story of baby Jesus. That's what we're going to be looking at. God has been working, like we can't stress it enough. He's been working his entire kind of time. I mean, he's existed forever. But ever since people were created, he's sitting there going, I kind of want to create peace with you guys. I'd like to have a good relationship with you guys. It didn't seem to cut it, though, at times for people of the Old Testament. It wasn't quite good enough at times for the people of the Old Testament Something gets their attention. What's getting your attention outside of Jesus that needs to be shifted? This year could be the year you get it. It could be the year you go, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I'm hoping. That's what we're talking about the next couple weeks here is peace. I pray so deeply that our hearts would see baby Jesus as sufficiently peaceful. 
And I was a grown-up Jesus too. <laughs> but we're looking at this little manger. We're looking at this little manger where the whole world got flipped and it starts in there. Let's go back. We're going to go back. So we're starting from the beginning. We're starting from the creation of the world. We're looking at Genesis 1, 1 to 3. If you'd like to turn there with me, I'm sure we'll have the, the verses up on screen there too, but it's always nice to crack out the old leather-bound Bible. So if you want to pull that out, go for it. And what we have is God pre-existing, just existing forever. The G- Jesus is there. The Holy Spirit's there. They're having a good time. And they're together and they're thinking, okay, let's create stuff. So what happens at, in Genesis 1? One to three is in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and it was void is what it says. And darkness was upon the waters or sorry, upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. There was light. Right away, God's taking something that's chaotic and void and formless and watery and nuts. And he's ordering it. He's structuring it. He's going, I'm going to create one, two, three. Boom, boom, boom. I'm going to create this structure out of this insanity. And I'm going to make it work. Peace with whatever was there. He's, he's providing peace to what, to, other, to what is otherwise chaotic. Right from the beginning, we're seeing that, that that's God's heart. That's his character is for peace, structure, order. He then creates stuff and animals and Adam and Eve. And with Adam and Eve... He places them a nice garden. He gives them a garden of peace. It's like, here, sit in this and we're going to be together. Peace between us forever. That was his intent. Right from the beginning of Genesis, in the Old Testament, that is what we see. Peace. Kind of calm when things were otherwise nuts. However, Adam and Eve decide to take something else as their peace in that moment. They take the fruit, things they shouldn't know. The devil sort of tricks them into saying, you really want this. You don't want peace with God. You want this. You want to know good and evil. I know that that's what you want. And they accept it. And they pass up on the best opportunity ever, which was peace with him. They miss it. It's like they got to, cut, they got to witness and be a part of close walking with God forever. And they missed it. They said no to it instead of yes to it. They decided they want something else. And that sin affects everything else. And so Adam and Eve, we go forward and that is our first moment of God jumping in and saying, hey, I want to be a part of this thing. I'm going to create stuff. I'm going to create structure. I'm going to create peace with you. And Adam and Eve say, no, it's not good enough. I want something else. And what we're going to learn as we keep going is that God is relentless in providing peace. It just doesn't stop. And what we see is Noah, the story of Noah. There's this fantastic dude named Noah. He's this righteous man. I'm, you might have seen the movie that was out a couple years ago. It's a little off uh, on the take, the biblical take there, but they tried their best in Hollywood. They don't really care maybe about being biblically accurate. So they just said, hey, we're going to do whatever we want with this movie. But Maybe some people got their Bibles out and said, what actually happened here in this story? So the, the movie one, it's a little bit off, but it's kind of cool. So what happens with Noah? There's this righteous man, he's walking with God, and the world is really, really disgusting. It's in a low place, really low. We can relate to feeling that way at times when we look outside and we see what's happening in the chaos. So Noah and God, they're walking, and, and, and God says to Noah, hey, create this ark 
bring some animals in it, and I'm going to save your family and yours alone, and we're going to restart. I'm going to provide another opportunity at peace for you again. Again, you, like Adam and Eve screwed up really bad, and you're part of that lineage, so you're dealing with some of it, but I'm going to try again with you. Let's try this again. <laughs> so, so what ends up happening is it's pretty cool. There's rain and water and, and God keeps talking to Noah about, hey, now you just wait until you go out. Just wait and, and I'll let you know when I want you to go back out. And so what ends up happening is Noah waits and he listens for God and God says, you can go out. So Noah just witnessed like the craziest, most miraculous thing, like maybe ever up into history at that point, like a flood that floods everything that shouldn't be there. God's saying, I'm resetting things. And Noah's sitting there going, that's nuts. Like this has never happened. I'm kind of reading history here. None of this has ever happened. This is crazy. It's a chance at peace again. Again. Noah ends up in a vineyard, a garden state, a place of peace between God and himself and his family, and he gets drunk. He misses the opportunity of peace again. Again, it's like he witnessed the craziest thing ever, and he misses the opportunity of peace God's extending his hand out like, I made you make an ark. You were getting made fun of by all your friends for making this huge ark. And I did all this cool stuff and you missed it again. Why? Why are you missing this opportunity of peace? Why aren't you saying, yeah, I'll reach out and accept it? And here's the interesting thing about peace too that actually drives into our vision here and really deep into our hearts. When we deny peace in our own lives, we in effect deny peace for everybody else. When we deny God's hand at peace in our heart, we deny peace everywhere else because it's meant to go through us to everybody else. When God gives you an opportunity of peace, say yes. He's going to use you to, to reach other people and make them feel peaceful. That's what he wanted to do with Noah, with Abraham, with these people. Don't deny peace in your own life because you might deny it in someone else's that God wants to use you to change. The answer, though, does God stop in his pursuit of man and woman on the face of the earth? No way. He just doesn't do that. That's not in his character to give up on us. <laughs> Thank God. Right? And we're learning as we're tracking through, we're preparing for peace this Christmas. The next story, Moses. So this is, we're going to keep going here. Moses, this man that God has set apart. And he says, okay, there's all these Israelites that are growing in number under the Pharaoh. And Moses, you're going to free them. It's going to be great. And one of the things is they escape tyranny. God does all this crazy stuff. They, they escape this, this place that's enslaving them. They're growing in number. So the Pharaoh's worried. And God says, okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to bring your people right out of this place that you're in. Save you. Create peace in your life again. And, what, and, and this is the way that, so what we had really with Adam and Eve was sort of this moment together in the garden. And then with Noah, it's this incredible peace through the ark. And with Moses... If you don't know, it's, it's peace through the law. It's peace through order. It's peace through following the, the commandments that God had given them. So right as they leave slavery, right as they leave slavery, they're given the law right away. 
Because God wants to restart, redo this whole thing again, a chance at peace once more. This is God's heart. You've messed up. I've messed up. The Israelites messed up. God's like, I don't care. I'm going to try again. Let's create commandments. Let's create order. And with the commandments, they were there so that the people would worship God properly. That they would give him fitting praise and follow sort of, here's what we got to do to give God fitting praise. Here's what he wants us to do so that we can sort of get through this thing and get off, you know, from being slaves. And, oh, yeah, what do we got to do again? We're Israelites. What's that mean? Well, here it is. I'm going to give you a chance at peace again. And if you turn to Exodus 32, 1, you're going to find what happens here. It's the same formula. Moses is actually going to go up to get these commandments on Mount Sinai. And here is what the Old Testament says. Exodus 32, 1. When people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up! Like they're starting to point at the... Figure this out, dude. Make us gods who shall go before us. Let's for... Whatever. Those other gods, they were kind of actually cool when we were slaves. Wow, let's go back to that. As for this Moses, like the sass in this is incredible. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what become of him. In other words, we're getting really bored of this spiritual journey he's taking to the top of the mountain. Can you figure this out for us and give us other gods to worship? We're bored, let's move on and let's worship a a cow of all things. Let's just make a cow and worship that because it's here and we don't have to wait. We just got saved from great oppression, people. Moses is sitting there coming down. What? You're missing this opportunity. We're bored. Let's avoid this incredible peace that God has offered us. In the law and in the details of the law, God made it so that you could have your sins forgiven through the sprinkling of a goat, the blood of a goat, and have right relationship with God. For the time being, that was how God wanted to do things. The goal of the system ultimately is to bring peace, to bring peace to people, to his people. He's saying, why are you doing this? Why are you moving away? I'm going to keep pursuing you, but listen, accept the peace that I'm offering. As we move closer and closer in history now to the New Testament, those are three stories that are happening in the Old Testament, kind of just highlight God's character, his relentless pursuit of people, his relentless giving of himself for peace for everybody else. We want it. God's giving us an opportunity to accept it. This is what he's done from the beginning. He's going to continue to do it. And this has to be in our minds when we keep baby Jesus sort of at the forefront here. So this is our background. We're moving forward. We're seeing God and this incredible character. This is how he's been since day one. And the next few weeks here, we're looking at how it's fulfilled in Jesus. God's final act at peace was through Jesus. Now God isn't going to stop giving himself for other people, for opportunities of peace. But Christmas is the best opportunity to think about it. Think about peace and to think about Jesus. And other people too, like start thinking about Jesus all of a sudden, you know, partly because of what they see in the movies that are on TV. But it's, it's there. Let's not miss it. So as we go forward in this series, 
do you think that the story of Jesus is sufficient and good enough to give you the peace you need? Is the story of Jesus sufficiently peaceful for you? What do you think about it? If you're a secular person, is this all just fairy tales and myth or is this real? Are all these things just coincidence? Has God just been doing this and just playing with us? Or has he actually been doing this kind of thing? And I think he has. Because I see it continuously as I read the Old Testament that he's continuously doing it. And I see it ultimately acted out in Jesus. Did God choose humility and human flesh? We talked about this in the book of Philippians too. God gave up his godness to be a human. And in a baby, he had to grow up. It wasn't always clean and perfect and good. He's tried so hard to create peace with us. The world needs it. He's continuing to extend a hand. And for us who are walking with Jesus and have been walking with Jesus, think, look around you and say, there's probably people out here who need peace. And I think I have it in Jesus. I wonder what they think. The Bible says it's quite interesting too as we move forward. Remember the Bible is relevant for us. We think it is. We read it. We go, whoa, this is kind of enlightening for us today. It's speaking into the situation of our lives. Paul, again, in a different letter in Galatians 4, 4, says that when the fullness of the time had come, when it was right, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. So that we might receive adoptions as sons. He's talking about under the law here. He is talking about Jewish people, but he means everybody. Eventually he goes on to say everybody. All this stuff was happening in the Old Testament for its purpose. And it was right because God said, I'm decreeing it. It's right. This is how you're going to do it. And it's changing to come at the right time for everybody who wants it. I'm giving myself for Jews and Gentiles to come under me and it's going to be just this amazing new family with every race and every tribe and it's going to be fantastic and I'm coming at this time, right time, Paul's saying. It was the right time for Jesus to come as a little baby in a manger. The ultimate act of peace in Jesus. Paul in Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God. This is what the Christian gets. When they turn to baby Jesus and he grows up and we follow him through, we realize that we get peace, new life, eternal life, forever, shame gone, guilt is gone, peace with God through Jesus. Isn't that insane? That's what the Christian gets when they look to the story of Jesus, when they have faith and believe in Jesus Nothing else in the world can claim to give us that peace. Nothing. You can't find anything that's going to beat that deal. You just can't. You bring it to me, I'd say, that's not, that's not it. And I might think, and I might say, oh, maybe, or, and, and think one day, oh, is Jesus that? You, know, you go through those moments in your faith where you go, oh, I'm slipping, I'm going the wrong track. But I look at this and I go, wait a minute, this is the greatest deal I've ever heard of. Peace with God through Jesus. We have access through Jesus to a clean slate, peace with God forever. And all we have to do this Christmas is maybe grab onto it. Peace 
is available for you. It's peace with God, which is the greatest deal I've ever heard of. And you might want to sit there and say, okay, maybe, maybe he's onto something. Maybe this Jesus guy was onto something. And I don't know where you are in your journey at all. But I want to use this moment as we transition to say, maybe Jesus is your answer. I would say, yes, he is. But think about that. God's final shot at peace through the giving of himself. So what will you do this Christmas? This is for everybody. People who are far from God, people who feel very close to God. Will you brush this off as just another Christmas? Will you reimagine the story and rethink it and see it and imagine the manger and imagine the sort of simplicity that was there at the beginning of, of Jesus' life? Will you just say, oh, I've heard the story so many times. It's just boring to me. Just whatever. Or apply it anew to your life. Don't blow it off this year. These next couple weeks as you track with it, think about it. Think about it deeply. Think about it as Ken dives into peace. Think about what, what do I got to do with this? Is this for me right Like This is for me right now. Don't blow it off this year. Let's humble ourselves and say, what areas of my life, I know there are, there are in mine, that I need to give peace to? There are some. And what's been working? For me, it's been adding Jesus to it or adding a godly perspective to maybe a moment that's difficult. In what area of your life do you want to become like one of those shepherds who, who sort of got around Jesus and said, what's happening here? This is insane. Like something's really changing in, in, in the world right now because of this moment. This was a moment that actually happened in history. And I think, for me, I'm sitting here, I want to reimagine this story, this, this story all over again and apply the peace of God to my life where I need it because I need it. And the world does too. Jesus will give deep peace forever. That's the promise that he gives us. And God, since the beginning, has been trying to create opportunities for humanity to grab onto it. That's what's happening here. That's what we're looking at and in, in, in it's fully realized in the story of baby Jesus. And when we look at this kind of stuff, we're looking at the trajectory of scripture, we're looking at what the Bible's been sort of talking about way back here in the Old Testament, we're reading it, we're going, okay, cool, cool, cool. We're, and we're seeing that they're missing it. Like the reality is, like we talked about way at the top of this message, we've all missed it at times. I've missed peace at times. This isn't a condemning message to make you feel bad. It's a message of, man, I, I, I've got to sit here and say, I've missed it too sometimes. But I see God's character. Like, God's character for you is to grab onto it. He wants you to have it this year. He gave himself for you, maybe this year. Maybe this is the year you say, yeah. I want God to reveal himself to you as gracious and reveal himself to you as incredibly merciful. So much so that again he gave himself. And as I was prepping for this message. I did feel strongly. That if you have walked from God. Away from God at any moment. And are feeling sad. And are feeling distant. At one of these points. And maybe some of those things. Oh I kind of relate to that. I really feel like I, at times I have walked away. Or I've missed the peace. And I, I relate to the Old Testament. The stories of the Old Testament. 
I want to assure you that there is a second chance here at peace again for you. Reimagine this story again. Think of Jesus in this manger. Another year, think about it. He's giving himself again. He wants you to do it. And there was a story that did come to mind as we prep for these next few weeks as we dive into what peace is all about. For those of us who maybe feel like we've missed it too, which is all of us, but maybe in this season, right now, you're feeling, man, I really buffed it. I've really, uh, there's no chance. There is a chance. And a story came to mind. And I'm just going to read it. Luke 15, 11 to 24. And it's the story of the lost son. And if you don't know it, this is you and me. And he said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that is coming to me. And so he divided his wealth between his sons. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey to a distant country. And there he squandered everything in wild living. Now, when he had spent everything, he's done, everything's done. He's at the end of himself. A severe famine occurred in that country and he began doing without. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country and he sent him to a field with a bunch of pigs in it. And he longed to have his fill that the pigs were eating. And no one was giving him anything. He's at the end of who he is. But when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired laborers have more than enough bread? But I'm dying here from hunger. I will set out and go to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired laborers. So he set out and came to his father. But when he was still far off, His father saw him and felt deep compassion for him and ran and embraced and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and bring the calf, slaughter it and let's eat and celebrate. For a son of mine that was once dead has come to life again. A son of mine who was lost has been found. You might feel far off this Christmas season. Track with us through this series. Understand God's heart. There's an extension for you to say yes to peace. Again, if you're walking with Jesus, you've been walking with Jesus, you don't feel far off. There is an area in your life that God wants to make more peaceful. For me, for sure. And for those of us who feel far off, and yeah, you know what? I have missed peace. I haven't done it well. This story of the father kissing and embracing his son once again is for you. Prepare your heart. That's my challenge for you this Christmas. Remember, God, over this entire history of his relationship with mankind, has been setting the stage for this nativity scene and peace with him. What will you do with it? That's the question. What will you do with it? Will you see it with fresh eyes? The story, the nativity story, this baby Jesus as sufficiently peaceful for you. God's waiting. I believe he is waiting. And he's extending his hand out again 
And Christmas is just the perfect time to think about it. Let's pray and we'll worship together. God, thank you so much that when we look to your word, when we look to the Bible, we see through history that everything's been pointing to this moment and and we see your character and we see what you've been trying to do and it's create peace from the beginning with Adam and Eve onto Noah, onto Moses and countless other stories. You've been extending a hand of peace and as we transition, as we look to this this new Christmas season, this this incredible, crazy point of history, what are we going to do with peace this year? going to miss it? Are we going to miss it? Or are we going to say, yeah, that, I've missed it, but I don't want to miss it again. That's me. I don't want to miss it again. So Lord, allow us to take peace and add it to the areas of our lives that need it. And Lord, we just want to, we just really want to grasp your gracious, merciful, consistent, loving character. You've been trying to do this since day one. We pray for our hearts and our minds to be opened and softened to what you want to do in us and through us, through your peace. So we pray all these things in your name. Amen.